You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. It's been really an interesting week. I had planned out a couple of different podcasts of people that I wanted to talk with this week, and one of those people was Ricky Barnes. Ricky hosts a a Lakers podcast, the Late Night Lake Show, and it's really good. And he's one of those guys like I'm trying to figure out like a way that I can incorporate him into some of the stuff that I do. And I've enjoyed watching from afar all of the stuff that's gone on with the Lakers. So I invited him on. So he does the podcast. He's a Chicago dude. He he also co-hosts the EC Sports Show on Xfinity Chicago uh, Channel 19 Thursday and Friday nights at 10 o'clock. If you want to check him out. But I wanted to talk about the Lakers and their dysfunction. And we we recorded this before the draft lottery. And the chances of the Lakers moving up were, were so small that I didn't think it, it made sense for us to even talk about. But then they ended up with a fourth pick, and it kind of changes things. So here's what you're going to hear in today's episode. You're going to hear Ricky and I talking about the Lakers' dysfunction. And then... Me come back after they get the fourth pick, and you'll be able to hear Ricky's thoughts on what that means for him because he goes from being in a really terrible mood to being in a much better mood. I'm glad that that I got the chance to have him on, and, and for those of you who don't know him, I get to introduce him to you. You can follow him on Twitter at Mr. Ricky Spanish, okay? At Mr. Ricky Spanish. He's a really good basketball follow and cultural stuff, too. Enjoy. You grew up in Chicago, right? Yeah, right outside. I was a, I'm a Schaumburg. Uh, uh, I was moved out there since I was like seven. But uh, yeah, I'm Chicago through and through. So I've been like, trying to figure out. My guess is is that you're too young to really remember the Jordan stuff because I want to figure out how this Laker thing happened. Yeah, no, keep going. You're you're on the right track. You know that's what it was. Um, so I was born in '92. Lawrence, and uh, by the time I got to start watching and appreciating basketball, you know, I only remember the 98 Bulls and the pandemonium that was around that. But a couple of years later, you know, I started seeing Shaq and Kobe and everything that they're doing, and a lot of my cousins in Mississippi, of all places, were Lakers fans, and I'd go down and visit them around June during the playoffs. And um, it would always be Lakers love. And, you know, I just hooked onto them at a young age. And it's 100% always been the Lakers since day one. So that's how it worked out. And I'm happy for it. It's been better than worse for me as opposed to being a Bulls fan, unfortunately. Well, and for my generation. Well, I, I think you're you're dead on about that. I mean, it's, it's pretty I – mean, and, and I think that there are a lot of people who gravitated towards Jordan anyway that found themselves gravitating towards Kobe. A lot of overlap between those two as far as just tenacity and aggression. And honestly, I think that's probably a little bit of Chicago's resentment to LeBron uh, besides, you know, the matchups and stuff like that. He, did, he doesn't take on the persona that Michael Jordan had and that killer mentality. So I can see why a lot of Bulls fans, show, uh, you know, related to Kobe. And he almost demanded he demanded that trade, and he almost ended up a Bull. But apparently, Lou all dang was the deciding factor between you guys getting the Black Mamba and him staying in my life in Los Angeles. 
Well, okay, good. Now we have the etymology down. We've got yep. the, the whole history of you. Now I can ask you this question. What the hell is going on with the Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah, that's a wonderful question and something that everyone is figuring out or receiving new information each day. It's bad. There's, there's no other way to spin it. There's no other way to start this off by saying the Lakers are in the worst situation that they've ever been in as a franchise. Right. I don't want to go too far back, but we could just rewind back to the whole Anthony Davis debacle and how that all went down and pretty much the Pelicans using us as a laughing stock during the trade deadline and sabotaging, uh, putting poison in the water for the locker room of the Lakers. That led to distrust among the team, distrust among uh, the front office and players. You fast forward to uh, uh, you fast forward to March. And Magic Johnson steps down, right? And he's talking about not only how he wants to be a mentor uh, and talk to players that aren't on the Lakers and be a mentor to Serena Williams, of all people, right? But he left because he didn't like the backstabbing and all of the secrets that was going down. Well, I don't think it needs to, I don't think you need to be a genius to understand that there's definitely some. Um, dealings behind closed doors, um, you know, up at the high towers that are are trickling down to being poisoned for the rest of the team. Now you come up to present day, Lawrence, and what's going on with our Lakers. You think that finally, after weeks of staying silent and not talking about magic, besides a little tweak, saying that we're boys and girls and brothers and sisters by Jeannie, we went radio silent as a franchise. Until the Ty Lue situation dropped that at first he was progressing to be the coach, right? And then all of a sudden, talk fell off. Reports came out Ty Lue stepped away. Reports came out the Lakers stepped away. It's just all more of the same. This is an avalanche that just keeps coming down. And honestly, I don't see the side of it. I really don't. <laughs> Short of a miracle and LeBron being Captain America and signing the big names, I don't really know where to go from here. <laughs> Here's what I don't get, Ricky. I, I don't understand how if you wanted Ty Lue and and you can you can quibble with how he won a championship as a coach, but he did win one a, as a coach. To offer him three years when everyone else is getting five years is insulting, and they shouldn't be surprised that he walked away. How I understand that the, the Lakers are a, are a fashionable, they are one of the great franchises in the league. But even they, how could their arrogance be so big that that they didn't realize that what they were doing was an insult? Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a combination of two things for me in this situation. The Lakers, one, have this really bad problem of nepotism. They just, when they're, it's time to look for outside consultation, they just look for former Lakers, whether it's. Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson getting advice, or Kurt Rambis getting advice, or, hey, let's go hire uh, Ty Lue, that's still all former Lakers. So that's one thing spinning in this situation. Then to turn around and, fine, let's lean into the nepotism. We're just going to keep it all in the family. Then you tried lowballing him. You really tried squeezing the man that you had picked, that it was reported LeBron wanted him as, on, as his coach, you know, you remember the text when Ty Lue got fired. He tweeted, LeBron tweeted out, you got my number. That kind of was foreshadowing for them reuniting, possibly. Yet, Jeannie said no, and not necessarily Jeannie, because Jeannie apparently was okay with Ty Lue, right? Rob Palinka 
the Lakers general manager who had successfully ran a coup and taken over this organization, he signed off. Apparently, Kurt and Linda Brambis were the ones who came in and said, no, 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 let's try to continue to fit them in this box of the perfect situation for the Lakers. Lawrence, I don't know about you, man, but if I'm down on my luck, I'm not really trying to be picky. If I know that I'm going through a really drought and I haven't been dating a pretty woman in a very long time and finally someone comes in, comes into the life and wants to better my life, but she might have one or two flaws, how silly am I to walk away from that? That's what the Lakers did. They tried getting Ty Lue in the perfect situation for the Lakers while also hiring the next in line for that head coaching job when he's fired in Jason Kidd. I don't, that doesn't sound like an uh, attractive job to me. What about you? No, it doesn't sound attractive at all. Like the, it, It's crazy. I, I was listening to the Levitard show yesterday, uh, and they were talking with Stan Van Gundy, and Levitard brought up a really interesting point because they asked Stan, hey, would you have been interested in the job? And he was unequivocally not interested in the job. And, and Levitard said to him, could you have ever imagined a time when – coaching LeBron was not an attractive job or when the Lakers head coaching job was not an attractive job. It's crazy. It's a perfect storm. It's absolutely the perfect situation of you have an aging LeBron who has the gravitational pull of the sun, right? Every movement he has, every breath he takes, the franchise pretty much has a hinges on it. At least that's how it has been. Now it's, you know, is LeBron, is he too overpowering for a coach unless it's his hand-picked coach? I don't know, maybe, but that's a consideration that coaches have to do. Then you take a look at the burning fire uh, that is Staples Center. Literally, Lawrence, the building is on fire. The only pretty thing on the inside are Kobe's banner, or Kobe's jerseys hanging up, and LeBron James. I'm sorry, that's just not a situation that I'm trying to get into. And I didn't think we would ever, ever say that about the Lakers' or LeBron James, and both are together, and this is where we're at. When people react to your podcast, what's been the reaction from Lakers fans when when you go through some of this stuff with them? They're pissed. Like, I mean, you saw that kind of a joke of a protest outside Staples Center. (laughs) I did. It's real. It's it's real in the sense that that's how the the Lakers nation, Lakers fans – They are, one, sick of what seems to be the nepotism that I talked about, always hiring former Lakers and not, you know, trying to hire, you know, uh, Dr. Buss had this quote. He said, go hire the best talent and let the rest figure it out, right? Go get the best people, bring them into the building. That's kind of hard when all you're doing is going and hiring your relatives, you know, and your friends and uh, former players' wives to be the executive of special projects. Lauren, you can pay me to tell me what Linda Rambis' role is, and she's playing a huge advisory board to Jeannie. That's insanity. Literally, it feels like we are watching the worst soap opera possible. And the worst part about this is, Lawrence, is that it is on national television every day. This isn't the Memphis Grizzlies that's going through all this turmoil. This isn't the Orlando Magic. There's about four or five teams in the NBA where if something goes crazy, it's must-see TV. Boston, Chicago, a couple teams in L.A., the Lakers, the Warriors, right? 
And he, they can't hide. The Lakers can't hide. Every decision that they make is going to be 19 different articles and five different spins on it. And that's just the reality we live in as Lakers fans. And it's so tiring one day for Woj to come out with a report and saying the Lakers are probably going to go back all in on AD this summer. And then another report from Ramona Shelburne, who's a Lakers beat writer, saying, all right, well, they're going to focus in on the young core, and they're telling coaches, uh, potential coaches, they're just going to focus on free agency and retaining the young players. I'm sorry. Aren't those both respectable people, you know, for ESPN? And we're just sitting here left to deal with what we think is the right answer. And the front office isn't saying anything about anything. So we're sitting in this glass, we're sitting in this globe, a snow globe, right? And it's just getting shook up every day. And we're <laughs> supposed to make two cents of it when we're just, you know, what's next? Who's, who's going to do now? Is, is Jeannie going to sell the team? There was talks about uh, the minority owners. Uh, Bill Plasty came out and said that the minority orders aren't happy with how she's work- performing and that how this summer could be a huge summer and then potentially looking to buy her out. I don't know if you could buy out Jeannie Buzz, but that just goes to show exactly where the mindset of not only Lakers Nation, but like the state of the Lakers right now. <laughs> can, can I tell you how disappointing it is? I've always found from interviews I've seen of her or read, I've always found Jeannie Buzz to be smart, like really like basketball mm-hmm. smart. Like it seems like she gets it. And when the Civil War happened in that family, I was happy that she was the one that was left standing. because Because it seemed like she was the one who got it. What happened? Because now she doesn't seem like she knows what she's doing, and I'm shocked by that. Yeah, that, that's the wild part. So when uh, Jeannie successfully, um, you know, kicked out her brother and um, fired Mitch Kupchak, um, I believe, what, that was back in 2015, 2014 at the time. It was crazy. And honestly, that was long overdue, right? But here's one thing that all Lakers fans knew or were aware of but just decided to not really focus on. Jeannie has always been in charge of the business portion of the Los Angeles Lakers. She's never been ahead of the basketball side of the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think you're starting to see that manifest itself right now. She is, you know, empowering people that maybe she personally feels like, you know, in her heart that they are good for the role, like hiring Magic Johnson as president of basketball operations when really Magic Johnson just wants to, you know, tamper and recruit and be free to tweet whenever he wants. That's a tough. And now we're looking at Jeannie, and honestly, I never thought we would get to this point. Lakers fans are straight up turning on Jeannie Buck every day. Sell the team. Sell the team. Sell the team. And Ramona Shelburne came out there report and said, yes, they are aware of this perception. How could they not be? There was a freaking mini protest, right? And she, they, but she also went on to say, Ramona did, that there's almost a level of arrogance in the front office right now that if they get it right, and I don't know, bring in a Kawhi or a um, Kyrie, that they will be justified and vindicated for all this. That's a hell of a bet to place your chips on, Jeannie, because good Lord, if we strike out a free agency, <laughs> she won't hear the end of it. It, it will be – I'm trying to find more words, medieval words, to just overpowering of an empire. The Lakers name – the Buss family have been synonymous with the Lakers name. Dr. Buss, all the OG Lakers fans, Showtime era – all of that. So they are ingrained in the love of that family. Us Lakers fans, 
uh, my generation Lakers fan, Shaq, Kobe, we love that Jeannie's all about winning. Let's go get more free agents. You know, she's a very nice, personable woman. But it's modern times. We need some Ws. Straight up. We've been the worst team the past six years. Jeannie, heads are going to roll if we don't get anybody or the Lakers don't look like they're going to make the playoffs. It's going to be tough for her to survive this, at least from a PR standpoint. There are tons of owners in the league that, in sports that are not liked by their fan base. I'm sure she just doesn't want to be one of them, you know? Can you walk me through what it was like when you found out that LeBron was going to be a Laker versus how you feel right now as a Lakers fan? <laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, we, we take it back. I remember exactly where I was. Um, I was on vacation um, for the 4th of July weekend down in Orlando. It was a family reunion that we had down there. And uh, we're, in the, we're in the hotel, and I see the notification from Woj, and it was that statement from Clutch Sports. And honestly, it was a sigh of relief. There was so much buildup and so much rumors about LeBron going to uh, the Lakers that I kind of had in my mind that, okay, yep, LeBron's coming. Honestly, I still had a little bit of sting in my heart because a few days earlier, Paul George didn't even give the Lakers a meeting. I was like, well, the ultimate offseason already gets cut down. But nonetheless, hype about LeBron coming to the Lake Show because we've been so bad for those past five years before that. Now, I don't know what to make of any of this. Uh, Lawrence, I am numb to the Los Angeles Lakers right now. I'll forever cover them. I'll forever love this team. But have you ever had a friend or been in a relationship with someone or even had a family member that they just can't get right? No matter what they do, yes. they just keep finding ways to trip over themselves. Yes. You, as a relative, have to go, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do anymore, and I can't keep emotionally investing myself thinking that you are going to turn it around when we both know time and time again you've proven that does not happen. I mean, I hope for the best, but I am fully – I'm sitting in a room full of fire. This is hell for the Lakers. I'm just trying to make hibachi out of it, to be honest with you. All right, so so Ricky, tell people where they can hear your podcast and and where they can find your Lakers thoughts on Twitter. So first of all, Lawrence, thank you very much for the opportunity and the platform. Uh, late, I host the Late Night Lake Show podcast with my co-host uh, Danny Malikismail. You can find that on anywhere you get your podcast. You know, iTunes, Anchor, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, also, shout out your smart devices. Just say play Late Night Lake Show. You'll get to hear my voice. Lucky you guys. Um, but on Twitter, follow me at Mr. Ricky Spanish. Um, that's where a lot of the hot takes and a lot of my passionate opinions about the Lakers can be found. So, yep, right there. Ricky, I appreciate this, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I enjoyed the conversation about the Lakers. And if they get the the number one pick in the, in the draft lottery, we'll have to reboot this and talk we about LeBron and Zion. Show. Yep, the whole thing has got to get scrapped. Whole show. So one last thing I wanted to say about, about the lottery. I am crossing my fingers for just any positivity and the Lakers land. I'm assuming they're going to stay at 11. After the Lakers, though, I know Bulls fans give me a lot of hard time on social media. I hope the Bulls land Zion, if not the Lakers. The dunk contest next year in Chicago as Zion as a Laker, uh, excuse me, Zion as a Bull, see, I'm kind of projecting myself into this conversation, <laughs> would be 
unbelievable. The coverage about that would be wild. So it would be good for the city. Lawrence, again, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's very humbling, and it's a pleasure. We'll, we'll do this again, I promise you. Thanks for, for the time. Appreciate it. Take care. When we last left Ricky, we were talking about the problems of the Lakers, and they had a 2% chance of getting the number one pick. They didn't get the number one pick in the NBA draft lottery, but they did get the number four pick, and Zion is going to New Orleans. So I thought that we would kind of, instead of just ending the podcast where it was, that I would check back in with Ricky after what happened in the draft lottery on Tuesday night. So... How you feeling now about what's going on with the Lakers? Yeah, um, I a little bit feel like I just woke up the day after food poisoning, right? The last few months, and you heard it, everything that we were talking about, uh, it's been really bad, and this has been the first sign of sunshine with the Lakers and in quite some time. So it was, it was crazy. It was exciting, right? Once we saw that Timberwolves pick come in at 11, Oh, I knew it was on. I told my wife, get the camera. If the Lakers get number one, you, you're going to want to see my reaction. I mean, they didn't – obviously, they didn't jump all the way to the number one pick, but that number one, that number four pick opens up possibilities, right? Like we said – I said yesterday, I didn't understand how the Anthony Davis talk was re, uh, uh, revitalized. Well, that's all that we're going to be talking about now for the next month and a half leading up to the draft. So – Another day in Lakerland. What I say, just waiting for the next <laughs> shoe to drop. And uh, luckily, this is a good one. So hopefully, it's a sign of the right direction. Which players would you be okay with parting with to get Anthony Davis? Like, what makes the most sense so that it's a beneficial trade if it were to happen for for New Orleans and for the Lakers? Right. So, what what did New Orleans turn down before? They turned down Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Ibiza Zubac. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope and two first round picks. <laughs> Thank God for that. Um, so right now, uh, obviously a new GM with David Griffin, not much relationship directly with the Lakers, but a great relationship with LeBron. I am going to try to make this as fair as possible without sounding like a Lakers homer, but <laughs> the number four pick, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and as many first-round picks as they want in the future? Is that, does that sound reasonable? Or am I going to have to give up Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball in the situation? Here's the, here's the issue, Lawrence. Both of those two uh, players that I just mentioned, Lonzo and B.I., they're both coming off of injuries. And uh, Ingram is very serious in that blood tox, both to make a full recovery. But if you're New Orleans, you're looking at both of those pieces as damaged goods. I don't know where they value that. I heard that they really like Brandon Ingram, but – I'll give them everything else if they let us keep a B.I. and Lonzo. But I don't know if that's going to be enough for New Orleans. But who else is out there, right? You got New York at the number three pick, but not much else after that. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where the Lakers, who they're bidding against. Because it very could be that New Orleans is going to try to make the Lakers bid against themselves in this. And we know how good the Lakers are tripping over their own feet in these situations. Well, I'm glad that I, I called and I followed up, and I'm glad that, that you have um, a, a break in the Lakers clouds, and there's some sunshine that is, is is now shining on the Lakers, and if something happens during the offseason, I would like for you to come back on the podcast so we can discuss. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a little, last night's uh, lottery results was a little bit of Pepto-Bismol for how 
uh, the Lakers have been moving and dealing with my life right now. So we're moving in the right direction. Hopefully next time we talk, I'm celebrating because something else positive has happened. Hey, maybe we'll get a president of basketball operation one day. We'll see. That, that might be a good idea. Ricky, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Lawrence. Talk soon. That's Ricky Barnes. <laughs> he is excited, and I'm glad that we – that's the first time I've ever had to do, like, a follow-up in the podcast. And we were going to put it out, and I was like, no, we can't put it out because there's new stuff. So we have to do the new stuff, and I'm glad that we did. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. And check out his podcast, Late Night Lake Show podcast. It's really good, and he's fired up. More fired up than most Bulls fans are. Thanks for listening to Loho Daily.